Welcome to Beyond the Minimum, where we'll be exploring the world of work. We'll be chatting about concepts, ideas, and phrases, explore practices, and delve into what good looks like. Work can be purposeful, value-led, and more meaningful to all who interact with the workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Tanya Hewitt, who lives in unceded Algonquin Anishabe territory, otherwise known as Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hello. Many of us, as we age, don't engage so much in our physical activities that we did in our youth. And as a consequence, our physical health can be very threatened. A few years ago, I attended a session where a medical doctor had talked about losing balance. She had suggested her patients and the audience that she lectured to us would take advantage of daily activities to be able to stand on one foot. She suggested, for example, brushing your teeth. Brushing one's teeth is something that many of us engage in at least once daily, sometimes twice or more. And if we were to start using that opportunity to stand on one foot, as opposed to just only brushing teeth, we might be able to make a dent in our ability to maintain balance. Something else might be putting on socks. A lot of people sit down in order to put on socks. But if we instead took advantage of the possibility of standing on one foot in order to put on the opposite sock, that would be really helpful to maintain our physical stability. There are other examples, of course, say you are peeling potatoes or something. There are lots of opportunities in our daily lives to be able to take advantage of the possibility of working on our balance. So I just encourage you, take a look at your daily activities and perhaps you too can find opportunities instead of just engaging in the single activity that you are thinking of. You could use that as another way to practice balancing on one foot. This, if practiced regularly, can really maintain stamina much longer than if we didn't pay attention to any part of our physical health. Today's episode is Sayings That Should Cease. Hello everyone. Today's saying that should cease is silence is consent. We really have to be be careful in employing metaphors that have been implanted in the English language. This particular one is normally verbally said or text written. And it's very pervasive along the lines of, if I don't hear from you, I assume you agree. So if you think about a lot of forms A lot of these have this kind of structure because they depend upon people's apathy, really, in order to proceed with an action. Think about renewal of subscriptions, whereby if you stay silent, you agree to have your credit card charged. 
And it is often once we realize that our credit card was charged, that we react a little bit too late in wanting to cancel a subscription that we no longer want to have. But it was their silence is consent model that allowed that situation to come to play in the first place. In fact, there's a study in behavioral economics, and I'll put it in the show notes, on organ donation, showing the difference in organ donation in countries or jurisdictions that have an opt-in type of agreement and an opt-out type of agreement. It's really a study in the power of the default because the countries or jurisdictions with opt-in policies have a low donation rate. Countries, however, with an opt-out policy have a high donation rate. And it's really just in the change of default. So it might not actually be consent as it is inattention or, as I said, just apathy. So the real issue is that getting people to engage, that is anybody aside from yourself, is fraught with difficulty because the only people that we have control over are ourselves. Using silence's consent assumes that we have less control over other people and that they won't engage, so we will just assume that they are in agreement. But not doing anything is not necessarily consent. It could be. It could very well be. But it could be just simple inattention. So if we look at verbal consent, I think most people in the Western world have been exposed to the Me Too movement, and we have been exposed to the idea that implied consent is not good enough because everybody has their own interpretation of what that might be. I mean, as I record this, sexual scandals are ripping through the worlds of gymnastics and hockey Canada, and it's a very big deal due to this very ingrained understanding of silence being consent. Even if we go to a typical business meeting, often decisions are met with, you know, speak up now or forever hold your peace, assuming that the lack of engagement or the silence is agreement with the decision. Now, I just want to make it clear that I'm not trying to give silence a bad rap here. I think silence is wonderful. It's essential in focused thinking, in introspection, in appreciation, and the like. So all I am trying to highlight here is an association that silence signals agreement, which has become commonplace in our society, that should be dissociated. Silence is silence. And it doesn't mean agreement. So what does agreement look like then? Agreement is an active term. Agreement implies that the agreer has done something to signal his or her agreement. Think of an auction. Silence's consent does not work there. 
silence is the default passive action, and consenting to buy is something else. So, the next time you see or on the verge of employing a version of silence's consent, something akin to, if I don't hear from you, I assume you agree, hopefully this episode will come to mind. Agreement is active. Silence is passive in this context. So silence is a poor proxy for consent, as it does not demand an action from the interlocutor or the person receiving the message. Silence is not consent. Silence is silence. I thank you for listening. I don't know if this is your first episode or if you are a regular listener, having really appreciated some of this content. I just wanted to tell you that I really do appreciate you for listening. If you would like to express your gratitude for this podcast, I would encourage you to buy me a coffee. Head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Tanya H. That's buy, B-U-Y, me, M-E-A, coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, all one word, dot com slash T-A-N-Y-A-H, Tanya H. I will put this in the show notes, and I would really sincerely appreciate your support. In addition to that, you can rate and review this podcast, and I really, really appreciate that you are here listening to what I am sending out to you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Minimum with Tanya Hewitt. We hope this episode aligned with you. Maybe it was diametrically opposed to you, but at any rate, we trust it made you think. The more we can think about our workplaces and start talking about them, the more we can collectively make a real difference. If you're living in Canada, please find out the Indigenous territory in which you reside and begin using it to introduce yourself. Please reach out to Tanya through her email tanya at beyondsafetycompliance.ca. Connect and chat with her on LinkedIn. Follow her company Beyond Safety Compliance. And remember to ask yourself the question, how does your work look? Because we can always go beyond the minimum. <laughs>